Welcome to the world of giving. You've tuned into the show Volunteering at on localjobnetwork.com radio. In each episode, you will learn about another way to volunteer and make a difference in the world around you. I'm your host, Azure Mahara, and today we're speaking with Lynn Friedman and Eddie Magnus about volunteering opportunities at Interfaith. So perk up your ears and open your hearts. It's time to learn how to give. Well, welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I know, Lynn, you are you are a reoccurring guest. You've been here yes. with us in the past. Um, check out the show on Community Concepts, all about interfaith and uh, helping mature workers out yes, there. Thank you for asking um, us back again. Of course. So today we're going to work. We're going to talk a little bit more about volunteering um, and about your organization and the opportunities there. So let's just kind of get started on the missions and the goals of interfaith. Great. Um, Interfaith Elder Adult Programs has been around since the mid-70s. It started very grassroots with different denominations of congregations getting together, realizing that the older adults in their community had needs that weren't being met, simple needs and some more complicated needs. And, of course, as the generations have gone on, the needs are getting bigger, different. They're changing all the time. And that is why Interfaith really... um, I think, does an excellent job um, looking at the community and what those needs are and making the changes within our agency, adding different programs, different services to meet those needs. You know, think of your own parents. What do they ask you for help with? Their phones, (laughs) their computers, (laughs) but also maybe getting that box out of the basement or how can I do this? Where do I find that? Um, I'm not feeling well this week. Can you run and get me some groceries? Well, not everybody has that family member or that That neighbor that will do that. That is what Interfaith does. In a nutshell, we're that link for them. And when when did you guys kind of start? When were you founded? (laughs) We laugh. We started exactly a month, about a month apart from each other (laughs) um, over seven years ago. So we've both been there quite a while. And And we started in the same department. Oh, what department is that? The RSVP program, which is a volunteer program specifically um, created for people 55 and over to help them to give back. Oh, okay. So you have uh, some different programs, which we'll get into a little bit. Yeah. When was Interfaith actually founded? 1975. All right. What is the the driving force? I mean, you kind of summed up a little bit, but um, if you had to kind of pinpoint it down, what would be your driving force behind your cause? Linking older adults to a caring community, which is a very broad mission statement. But um, as I said, there's so many links that they need to stay healthy, to stay active, whether it's socially, spiritually, whatever that need is. You know, we give one of the biggest needs that we have is people that will help get older adults around, um, you know, to the doctor, to Mm -hmm. the grocery store maybe to the beauty parlor, things like that. Um, so drivers are a huge need for us. Okay. And um, you said that you've been there for seven years. Um, has your role changed since you first started? What, what do you currently do? Um, my role has just expanded. It's really still the same. Um, finding volunteers out in the community that will help Interfaith continue its mission. And Lynn, if you would like to tell us what you do over there as well. Uh, currently, I'm the Director of Employment Services, again, serving individuals 55 and older who are in job search mode. As far as using volunteers in um, 
are job seekers, we always encourage them to volunteer somewhere where they feel comfortable or they may have an opportunity to be employed. Everyone has resources and connections within the community, so we often tell our job seekers to fill a gap in their employment history. It's the best thing you can do. And you'll get experience in an area where maybe you had no experience before. I actually just read an article, um, oh, I think it was last weekend, that was, we actually discussed it in um, one of our quad uh, shows that we have here at LJN Radio, but it was silly career advice that you you have, that you may have gotten. Um, And one of the things was, you know, um, that they were saying in this article was that people focus on finding that dream job or finding those things, but that actually you can be, you can find your dream job, if you will, in volunteering. Um, And what they were kind of getting at was no matter what you do in your nine to five or, you know, whatever your hours are, um, that if you volunteer on top of that, even if you already have a job, it gives you that, that, that purpose and it gives you that satisfaction of making a difference and you will find that that is your dream that you are living um, you know you are you are happy in what you're doing no matter what your current role is that you bring the income home as long as you're volunteering and giving that that's really what makes the difference so I totally agree with you on that and I think that people they also acquire more self-esteem. They feel better about giving back to the community, and we certainly need them. We have over 2,600 volunteers currently at Interfaith. 2,583. Okay. In various... That's a lot, and it's a lot to track. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's various jobs that volunteers can do for Interfaith. Uh, I know that Eddie was telling me about one where there was an opportunity to do some painting. Yeah, yes. why don't we talk about some of those roles? What are the, the different opportunities to volunteer at Interfaith? Okay. Um, well, they are from A to Z. We need people in the offices doing things like filing, database help, making phone calls for us, helping us phone call to complete surveys. We have mailings to do. We have graphic design that needs to get done, newsletters that need to be written, all those kind of infrastructure jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are all over the county. So we have five different senior centers for social opportunities. We have meal sites all over the county for the noon meal, which, you know, requires people to you know, not prepare the food, but make sure it's at the proper temperature and then to serve it. And um, there's, you know, signing in and getting those forms correct um, for those people to participate in the meal site. So there's so many different things in that infrastructure, I always tend to call it, you know, the filing, the computers, the phones, mm-hmm. reception, things like that. You said something about drivers. and We always need drivers. <laughs> drivers is a huge thing for us. And I really think back to myself, you know, even when I'm not feeling well and I have to go to the doctor, driving yourself just is kind of lonely, you know. I, I personally hate driving. So. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so you you really friends. need somebody to help you drive. <laughs> They'll be like, oh yeah, she's. She'll, but I she'll just take a think, <laughs> you know, having older adults that would have to either take the bus, right, or get a cab, mm-hmm. or use there is, you know, county transit systems that will help the older adults, especially if they're in a wheelchair or something like that. But to have someone come and pick you up, 
help you find which floor your doctor's on or manage through freighter the massive amounts of buildings. And then once you're in the building, it's difficult to find where you go. To have a buddy with you, I think, is just so calming Uh um, and, and really good for the person as well. The people that help drive some of our clients um, develop such a relationship, it's amazing and humbling every day what our volunteers will do for other people. One of the stories I was going to share today is not, you know, the typical story, I guess I'll I'll say, (laughs) but, um, you know, we have so many people that are caring for a spouse um, living in their own homes. And um, when that spouse has something like dementia or an Alzheimer's diagnosis, that other spouse is somewhat of a prisoner. Yeah. Um, they can't leave them home alone. They have to do, you know, everything is about that dementia person. Well, we had a situation where a couple, the one, the husband, actually was having some difficulties and did go to the doctor and needed to pursue more tests. So he had to have a, the dreaded colonoscopy. Yeah. Um, and, of course, it gets, you know, scheduled for 5 a.m., So he has to get from, I believe it was the north side of the city, down to St. Luke's that early in the morning. What's he going to do with um, his spouse? Right. So we actually found another couple that was willing to go to their house um, several weeks before the procedure, meet them, calm the wife, you know, get all that in, just that friendliness going, a relationship. And then they actually came to their house at 5 in the morning. And the husband took the other husband for the colonoscopy, and the wife stayed with the dementia wife and calmed her, but then also had cell phones so that the husband would know, yep, your wife is fine. She just had her coffee. Now she's going to have her breakfast. While he was having his own procedures done, he was calmed knowing she was taken care of. That is so above and beyond, but that is what some of our fabulous volunteers do. That is not expected. (laughs) Please don't get the idea that that is what we expect from our volunteers. You know, some people come and do something once or twice a year, and we love that too because we have a huge map to cover or a puzzle to complete, and every piece of that puzzle that we can get completed is, you know, going back to completing our mission. Right. Which is why we're here. For our listeners out there, Interfaith is is based in Milwaukee, Milwaukee uh, Wisconsin. County. This is um, nationwide. But, okay. Um, you know, I think we're speaking on behalf of programs like yourself kind of across the nation, too. And there are so. many programs similar to us across the nation. So walk us through. I mean, you had you'd given us. You gave us a, a great example of that story, but what are some of the other various roles in the day of a, a volunteer for different roles that would be at Interfaith? Yeah, sure. Um, well, with our five senior centers, we do have a lot of people that will come in and share a skill or a talent that they have. Maybe they'll come in and teach a quilting class for us, um, or they'll you know, run an exercise program, painting, woodworking. I'll tell you, the senior centers have it going on. They've got (laughs) Zumba. They have just amazing programs. They have book clubs, um, music things. They have entertainment. Um, They're also a great resource. They will have, um, you know, speakers come in and talk to them about, you know, how do I make it through the Medicare drug Mm -hmm. plan system changes and things like that. Um, So a great place to hang out and meet other people, meet some new friends, maybe learn a new skill or share your skill with somebody else. Um, So those people are kind of a more regular, 
They might volunteer every Monday and Wednesday from 9 to 10.30. Then others like the entertainment people or different things like that would be on, you know, a calendar type schedule. Very different. The meal sites are um, every Monday through Friday for the noon meal. So those volunteers come pretty much 10 to 12.30. Some come all five days of the week. <laughs> some may come one, one day of the week. Some come two, three. But they develop quite a camaraderie. You know, they're very concerned for each other. If someone doesn't show up on their Wednesday when they usually do and no one heard from them, they will go check up on that person. <laughs> and I always say, too, the noon meal sites are not just about the meal. Although the nutrition is very good, it's about maybe the bridge you play after or the parcheesi or the game or the sharing your grandchildren's photographs, you know, over coffee after the meal. Um, so it's so much more than just the meal, which is very cool as well. So I guess what I have to say is there is no typical day for one of our volunteers. So you're, you're flexible at the times. We're and, super flexible. And, you know, basically what I'm hearing is no matter what your skill is or what your interest is, um, you guys will find a fit. Correct. For the volunteers. Absolutely. And I think we need to also speak about the one-time events that we hold throughout the year. We have one coming up, and again, this is in Milwaukee County, um, held in the DNR Park at State Fair, where we do t-shirt printing with the children. And we oh, have fun. a day where a biologist comes in. And uh, the volunteers, especially the ones that have been with us for years, really enjoy that one day assignment. Sometimes it gets very hot, but that volunteering opportunity usually begins around nine in the morning and goes through about two in the afternoon. Okay. So and we need 22 volunteers every day every of the fair. And you guys do that every year. So yes. if they can't do this year, they can do it next year. Absolutely. Also, we're looking for sponsors from agencies or companies that would like to come in and have a day where they bring all the volunteers in that we need. Yeah, and I know that we've done that as a company at different Happy. places. So we haven't done it at Interfaith. But all right, this suggestion. is your opportunity. <laughs> and speaking of companies. <laughs> um, but let's talk about that a little bit. How can a company get involved if they wanted to take um, you know, a, a noon hour and do a, the lunch program or, sure. you know, on a Saturday or anything like that. It would like really that. just be a phone call to me, okay. um, Eddie, at Interfaith, 291-7500, <laughs> and we can connect them. And, you know, obviously some companies have parameters. They need it to be a Friday or they have, you know, 11 people or they have 50 people. And we truly do try to accommodate that. Some of the senior centers can accommodate, like, 50 staff that come and we put them to work helping paint or clean or maybe even some filing. And then, of course, during these lovely summer months, there's always gardening yes. um, and different, you know, outside chores, um, weeding and things like that. But so needed. And as just like everyone else, our budgets are not luxurious, um, being cut, it seems, all the time or staying the same, yet our need as the population is growing and aging, our needs are more and more. So those that filling in with the volunteer help really helps us make our budget and create more events and things for the older adults in Milwaukee County. And even if um, somebody couldn't give their time, mm -hmm. um, maybe they could do a fundraiser at their work 
and do Correct. something like that Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Um, kind of do it on their own time in the office. Correct. But then they could still donate that way. Yes. We have had um, several interesting, unique things that offices have done for that for us. One did one of our biggest things. Picture again, your grandparents. They probably don't do email. So snail mail is still something that we (laughs) deal with on a daily basis because that is the way they Mm -hmm. prefer the communication to come. So stamps and things like that are very costly. We had a company do a stamp drive for one of our neighborhood outreach program offices, and they're like, really, just stamps? (laughs) And they came through with thousands of stamps, which was awesome. Um, You know, we could get them information information to the clients, the newsletters, and even birthday cards. Sometimes some of our clients, the only birthday card they get is the one that comes from us, from our offices, which is very sad, yet they so appreciate that one birthday card. So it's great. And speaking of cards, I had another group that lovingly created handmade Valentine's cards. And we sent them to, they came up with, I think, about 80 Valentine's cards. And we sent them to our telephone reassurance clients. And those are people that are living home alone and that we call and make contact with every day of the week just to make sure they're okay. Um, and that's another volunteer opportunity that, that can be done from your <laughs> it home. It just keeps opening and opening. Uh, <laughs> but it's awesome. Some of the phone calls are very, yep, I'm good today, see you tomorrow. And others are, oh, did you see that Brewer game and what's going on with Ryan Braun? And, <laughs> you know, and a half hour later. <laughs> so we do a, try to do a very good job matching who has the time to chit-chat a little bit with those clients versus the people that really are just calling to check in for the safety of that client and make that match as well. I think this program is very dear uh, to Eddie and me because we both started this program, started in this program Mm -hmm. together when we had another office member doing the calls. And even though there's electronic links available and there's electronic gadgets where you, you know, can carry around your neck or your wrist, a lot of these older people fall and they can't even get to the electronic right. gadget to turn it on or whatever. Um, I remember specifically one week when we were working in the program, and there were three individuals who had falls or had a seizure or a heart attack. And because of the volunteer and their relationship with that person, they were able to call us and we were able to seek medical assistance for those individuals. And they all lived to ended up in the hospital, but they all lived. But, you know, Mm -hmm. that wouldn't have happened without those volunteers knowing the person that they speak to every day. And I think, too, the the relationship between the volunteer and the people they call every day develops into such a wonderful relationship. And the volunteers get very good at knowing something's not right. Right. Even just Mm -hmm. by how they answer the phone or how many rings it took them to get to the phone. They're like, So are you okay today? And we have people that can go back and check more on that client if there's an inkling that something's wrong. Um, So it's my favorite program because it's so simple. It's like the old-fashioned phone tree, um, but it's so effective. And, you know, for for the listeners out there, you know, I would just say, like, think 
if you were in their shoes, mm-hmm. you know, how much that would mean to have somebody there that would call you or do those things. Um, but then as the volunteer, too, know that you're not alone because you have the whole network of all the other volunteers. So get your friends to volunteer. Right. Get your family members to volunteer. All right. This is uh, good. Yeah. And, and have everybody <laughs> kind of, um, you know, put it in and be a network, be a community yeah. and, and give back. Um, do you guys have any other great stories um, that you wanted to share? Wow. I was just thinking I need to slide my other story in here somewhere. We're on the um, same page. Yes. It's an office group, again, and ironically, it's from Goodwill, who okay. does has this very similar mission to us, not quite totally focused on the older adult, I of course. I think are coming in for um, an interview as well. Excellent. So. <laughs> That'll be fabulous. Really, just one of the office mates called me and said, you know, we really want to do something. There's only five of us. What can we do? So I took a day and I asked questions around the office and I called her back and I said, okay, you can say yes or no to this one, but we have a blind client who is actually being caregived by her neighbor who helps her out and this, the blind woman has not had her kitchen painted in like 35 years and it was dingy and awful and of course to a blind person, it wasn't important to her, you know. She obviously didn't see it, but yet the neighbor came in there every day as the caregiver going, we need to do something with this kitchen. (laughs) Um, And so we actually, another group, did a fundraiser at their office. We were able to buy paint, and this group of five young women from Goodwill office came and painted that woman's kitchen for her. Well, then once they were there painting the kitchen, they noticed that the living room was a little dingy. (laughs) And they, on their own, in two weeks, went back with a different color paint and painted the living room for her. And now they still call and chit-chat with each other. So a simple painting project turned into a wonderful relationship again. So that was an, an extreme, again, an extreme example of what an office, you know, can come together and do. But what I think the point of that story is that they wanted to. They wanted to come back. Like, Correct. it had meant so much to, and they felt so good about it that they came back. And right. um, I think that that's a great point for our listeners. If, if you're debating on where to volunteer, what to do, you know, or if you should, I think right. obviously the answer is you should. <laughs> and and sure, there actually are studies out there that show that volunteering lowers blood pressure, it increases Mm -hmm. socialization, it decreases those painful feelings of arthritis conditions and things like that. It is just almost like a runner's high. That's I was just I think there's a volunteer (laughs) high. I really do. Um, Even if it's simply, you know, doing something like a walk and you're Mm -hmm. there handing out the water, seeing all those other people go by and people are smiling and saying, thank you, thank you. Restores your your sense of humanity. Exactly. (laughs) And I'm so blessed, and Lynn's going to say the same thing. I am humbled by what our staff does on a daily basis and by what all our volunteers do. It's amazing. And we sometimes have clients that come to us at a low point in their life. They need our help. They get matched with a volunteer. And before we know it, in a year, they're feeling better. Their depression is gone. And once you know it, they become volunteers. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's a win-win situation all the way around for us. Well, thank you both. Again, if you guys want to give out your contact information for anybody interested in volunteering. Interfaith Older Adult Programs, our website is www.interfaithmilw.org. The number is 
291-7500 and like us on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And if you want to know a little bit more about the organization and the different things that they do, um, again, please check out the Community Concepts episode where we interviewed Lynn previously and, and learned more about the, the organization as a whole. But thank you again to Lynn Friedman and Eddie Magnus for coming in today. Again, we are all out of time, but listeners, your time to act is now. Remember that one person can make a difference, and that person is you. Please feel free to email me with any organizations you'd like to learn more about or your own volunteering testimonials at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. I'm Azure Mahara. Thanks for giving.